What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Geno Time Podcast here on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. We're brought to you by Bet Online. My name is Tom Westerholm, and today I am joined by Nicole Yang and Chris Grenham. So the All-Star Game happened last night. The game sucked. You know, I try not to complain about the All-Star Game because it kind of is what it is. But uh, I don't know about you guys. I didn't enjoy watching that game, like, barely at all. The game was really bad. Like, really, really bad. And it was just kind of weird. Like, the whole thing was just kind of odd. Obviously, it felt forced from the jump. Like, you have Simmons and Embiid having to go into their like health and safety protocols early in the morning. You're like, oh, it turns out this probably wasn't a great idea. And then you're playing the game with, I don't know, there were some fans there, but it just felt kind of forced from the jump. And then the game itself was terrible. One of my takeaways early on, I don't know if you guys noticed this too. Kyrie was going really hard in the beginning and like sprinting around, especially in transition, like, making me a little nervous uh, to the point where I was like, a little uncomfortable. I was like, all right, he might need to relax. So that was my only takeaway early on. Like he was seemed to be going very hard, uh, a little too hard if you ask me, but that was, I don't know. I didn't really have a lot of takeaways. The game was terrible. He wanted to rep for his buddy team Durant. I think he did. Yeah. Cause it was very obvious from the beginning that team LeBron was like superior. So maybe Kyrie was like, all right, like I'm going to try and like give my teammate, I don't know, some respectability with his drafting. And I think he quickly realized that nothing <laughs> like to stop a blowout. Yeah. No question. I have, I have a list of like 10 things, like 10 takeaways that we can go through. I figure we can hit on them all like relatively quickly. We don't need to go like in depth on anything because it's the all-star game. The first thing I figure we can talk about, I mean, we are a Celtics podcast. Jalen, I thought he played pretty well. I thought he had like a fun all-star game. A, a couple of like kind of notes about Jalen that I thought were kind of interesting. He mentioned in his post-game comments, he, he was very, he, he was very um, intentional about the way that he praised Dame and Steph, just like shooting from half court. Like he was he was genuinely impressed with how easy it is for those guys to do that. He, he kind of suggested that I think he wants to expand his range a little bit. That, that was the point where he was like, you know, I, I've got a lot of work to do. I've got a lot of things to work on. It was right after he was, you know, talking about a couple of guys who were hucking up half court shots like they were nothing. So I don't know. I thought that was kind of interesting. What did what, you guys think of Jalen? My biggest takeaway from Jalen's weekend was I feel bad for Jalen because this is his first all-star nod, which means a lot, even though he handled last year, like very well. And like, like you couldn't have asked for a better reaction to an all-star snub. I feel like this season was supposed to mean a lot. Like, I think he knew he was going to make an all-star game. Like he clearly made a lot of improvements over the off season. And then for it to be in, a, in his hometown, I don't know. I, I just think that Maybe the shine sort of got taken away. I think he enjoyed himself thoroughly, but I feel bad maybe that he wasn't able to have the traditional all-star experience. With that being said, I'm sure this is the first of many for him, and I'm sure like he'll get to have that like more complete weekend in the future. And I would assume also in a traditional all-star weekend, Jalen Brown would not be one of the invites for the three-point contest. So he did get to participate in that as well, which I'm sure was fun for him. 
he still got his moments like that three point shot in the game. And he fell down, like where he turned around and stuff and his brother got to help him up. Like, I'm sure that meant a lot to him and things like that. But I, I think for me, it was just overall, like Jalen deserved better essentially. Yeah. I wish he could have gotten like a regular all-star experience. And I, like you said, he will at some point in his career because it won't be his last all-star game, but I do wish it was a little more authentic. It was cool that his family was there seeing his brother pick him up. Like he, he pointed that out on social media after the game. Like he clearly was enjoyed that quite a bit. I thought the Tracy McGrady shoe aspect tying back to his old tweet from, I think it was 2014. That was very, very cool. Cause obviously he idolizes T Mac and that was brought up when he worked out with him a couple off seasons ago. So the fact that he wore T-Mac shoes with the humble and hungry, which was relating to the tweet that T-Mac sent him a couple years ago. That was really, really cool. But yeah, I also thought like he played a lot of minutes, which in the back of my mind was always like, eh, you know, he is dealing with that knee tendonitis. Like this might not be the greatest thing. And I know that of course is going to be like a hot topic on between Celtics fans, like yelling about that and stuff. But realistically, it probably wasn't great that he was out there playing 26 minutes. So I, that was in the back of my mind the whole time too. Hey, I'm sure all the fans will really appreciate Eastern Conference rival. Was was he coached by Doc Rivers or was he Quinn Snyder? He was Quinn Snyder. Okay, okay, all right. So, like, I, I wonder how bad we should feel for him about his All Star experience because I'm of two minds of it. Because on the one hand, I agree 100 that like, like yes, you know, Jalen, you know, still got to be in Atlanta, he still got to have all that stuff, but like, and and he still will make a lot of All Star teams, but he probably won't ever play another All Star game in Atlanta. That was probably like a one time experience for him, and that. You know, that is tough that, that he probably couldn't invite everyone who he wanted to. On the other hand, the time that he was in Atlanta, it got to be sort of this like for the fans, it got to be kind of this like intimate experience where his brother was right next to the court and his brother could, you know, run out on a, onto the court and help him up. So, so he did get to kind of have that experience, too, which, which I thought was good. I don't know. The whole All-Star experience, like like we were just saying, it felt very strange. It felt very unnatural. I don't know. I mean, e- even Jason Tatum after the game said, you know, that was more fun than I expected it to be the players probably had a good experience for sure. I think they all made the most of it and it it all seemed like they were having a good time, at least on the broadcasted portions of the event. And I think that if players were really ardent in like their concerns, they just wouldn't have gone. And not for nothing. I bet it was nice for them to like get to hang around somebody who wasn't their teammates. They actually got to like spend some time and like laugh and joke with some people. Like, I don't know. Like n- none of us have gotten to see anybody outside of like our very, very tight circle in like a year. So it was probably nice for them to get the chance to like, I'm sure they've seen more people than we have, but like, it was probably nice to just kind of have like a, like a low pressure, just like, just like chat with some other basketball players. Like I'm, I'm sure that was a good time. It's so true. Cause after the game, they go try to talk to like a friend on another team and then Phil Lynch comes in and escorts them away. Cause they're technically not allowed to like, yeah, it was probably great to be able to do that without the worry of all the rules and stuff, the post-game rules and whatnot. In context, I'm sure it was fine, but like in the grand scheme of like what it could have been, it's kind of a shitty experience. Also just because yeah. there's usually so many like marketing deals that like happen. Like I'm sure there would have been a Ruffles, Jason Tatum chip taste <laughs> test thing, or you know what yeah. I mean? Like, opportunities yeah. for them to make money, opportunities yeah. for them to network themselves, opportunities for them to like party, obviously. So in, in the grand scheme, I feel like the event was maybe not what they would envision for their first or second All-Star game. But in the context of like the pandemic world, I'm sure they had a good time and made the most of it. Well, that kind of ties into another one of my takeaways that I'm curious what you guys think. All-Star weekend as a whole, I had two takes on just kind of like having everything on the Saturday. Um, on the one hand, it felt jam-packed, right? Like it felt like there was like a lot 
happening. And on the other hand, I was like, but that's like that. I think that might be better. I actually really liked having it all together. It was nice to have too much to try to take, to try to keep track of sometimes, especially that all-star Saturday, it just feels like they're trying to spread too much butter on that bread. And they just like, there's not enough. Exactly. I was going to say, I think that the league is going to regret suggesting this because now this is going to be the expectation in terms of like our attention spans moving forward and everything else is going to seem boring and slow. Like you mentioned, Tom, those Saturdays can just seem so drawn out. Like there's maybe three to five minutes of action that you're like, oh my God. And then it's just like, can this like thing just pick it up? That's watching it on TV. And then if you think about the in-person experience, like the skills contest and the three point shot, I think get like 3000 people in attendance. Like they don't draw that much attention. So like, I think blowing it out as this one jam packed day is the way to go. Also, because if you think about it, like this is the NBA's equivalent of like a Super Bowl, even though the Super Bowl is what crowns the championship in the NFL. They need to build it out to be this like massive event that's like really exciting. And in traditional years, you can still use the Friday and Saturday for different fan engagement things, different possibilities that you could broadcast, because I'm sure that's what they're concerned about. But like, I agree that having it all on one day builds more excitement, increases people's interest, and just like it encourages people to tune in more. Like I to be honest, tuned out of the first half. But then I came back because I wanted to watch the dunk contest. Like it prevents people from just checking out completely. Yeah, it's a a much better entertainment like showcase as a whole, like from a business perspective too. Like I know the NBA is probably going to want to drag out the whole weekend like they normally do. But from a viewership standpoint, it makes way more sense to just pack everything in because everything else is just drawn out. Like you don't need to have the young stars and celebrities going on Friday night, which no one really tunes into. And then you have the skills on Saturday, which people just kind of come and go. And then people come and go for the game. Instead, you get everyone watching on what maybe you do the rising stars on Saturday and then everything else on Sunday. Like, I think it makes a ton of sense. This might be insane of an idea and just ruin the legitimacy of prize awards, like the three point <laughs> contest and slam dunk contest. But like, could they do basically a rising stars version of everything? Yeah, on that Saturday? would be, There's that would be great. So interest in some of those prospects. And mm-hmm. also that would help build relationships with like the younger players in the fan bases and things like that. Like, I, I don't know, there might be something there. So on the, on the Saturday, you do the rising stars and you have the dunk contest beat people on G league ignite. You could have like Jalen green. You could like, you could find enough, like, people like that um, there's a ton of interest there there's a ton of interest there that would be a, that would be awesome i would be all about that it'd be fun um yeah. and then and then you could still have your nba dunk contest so there's still like an nba champion and you know and that's a, a great way for the league to promote ignite too on like a national stage that that's a pretty good setup yeah you so, should write a letter i'll write a letter adam i know i've been uh <laughs> yelling about all the bad decisions you made this year but listen to me now um all right <laughs> No, but I had, I had a couple of things about that, about what you were saying, Nicole. Like, I, one, I think it's insane. I, like, I get why they have to do it because it's a one-night event. and all. And well, I mean, technically it's not. Technically, they try to make it a whole weekend event. But it is like, I, I know it's like, it's nice to have like one event to kind of blow out. And I know I'm sure a lot of it is TNT because TNT doesn't get like the championship games. So they're, they're trying to blow out their one-night event. But like the fact that there's all this pageantry and all this like weird... <laughs> like between the third and fourth quarter, like they have to have like, you know, somebody singing about how we're all going to be okay after COVID. The fact that they they have all that stuff, like makes it feel like the NBA is trying to make the all-star game at Super Bowl. 
the Super Bowl crowns the champion of the NFL. It is objectively a much bigger deal than this stupid exhibition game. <laughs> That's insane to me. And even like, and, and not for nothing, it's a terrible product. Like, I think the All-Star Weekend is kind of broken, but I think that like, I think that tying it all together like this would would really help it as a product. I do also think that the NBA has come to accept that it's a crappy TV product because it, it has been a bad product for a while. I This is coming from someone who actually enjoys watching All-Star Weekend. Like I'm criticizing this from the standpoint of I watch this every single year and yeah, I have same. for a very long time. But objectively, it is not a good television product at all. And it never really has been. And I don't think the NBA, I think the furthest the NBA would go in like putting a new spin on it would be maybe packing it all into Sunday because it might've gone well last night or something like that. Because I don't know how much they would be willing to change in terms of like the skills competition and the slam dunk format. That's that kind of stuff because it's a bad product. It's always been a bad product, but it's always done relatively well, even though it's a crappy product. So I don't know, also, maybe they're- Also Sprite gives them a lot of money. For a them. ton of money, a ton of money. And Turner's going to throw it out there every year, no matter what. So- I'll be interested to see if they do, if they're willing to change the format in any way in the next couple of years. Let's get to, let's get to another one of my takeaways here since we're kind of leading into it. The dunk contest, not great. (laughs) Um, I think people expect too much of the dunk contest. I I think people need like want it to be Zach Levine and Aaron Gordon every year, or like, you know, the older heads want it to be like Jordan and Dominique every single year. Like they want it to be like the star dunkers. It just isn't going to always be that. And I think that like what people need to kind of get used to is that like there are going to be really good years, but like they're going to be few and far between and the really and you're going to have to like use those as fuel to get you through all the bad years. And I feel like this year was kind of a bad year. Like we're all still kind of coasting on the Zach Levine, Aaron Gordon dunk contest, hoping that that one's going to come around again. And I don't doubt that there will be another good dunk contest at some point, like when when Jalen Green is in the league and like Zion decides that he wants to you know be in a dunk contest, that'll be electric. I, th- I think people just need to like stop expecting every single dunk contest to be good. Cause it just is not going to be the case. Yeah. If we could lower collectively lower expectations, it would be a much better product and pe- it would just be more fun because yeah. every year I feel like people are like, Oh, this sucks. This sucks. It's like, well, like, it's about what you should expect. Like, it, you know, it's not like they're misleading us here. One thing that did stick out to me is that early on, I forget there was a couple misses later on, but they hit on their first attempts for the first like three or four dunks in a row. That never happens. So realistically, the fact that that's what stuck out to me, that's a problem. People just should probably lower their expectations moving forward. Well, typically, aren't there more people? Aren't there more participants? I think there's normally four, right? There's usually one more. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, maybe it's not that much, but I don't know. Like, there were less props, which I know sometimes props can be, like, corny, but I just think... John (laughs) Collins. I just think, like... The dunk contest is all about like creativity. They had some nice dunks. Like obviously the average person, not even every NBA player could execute some of the dunks they had, but they just weren't as like fun, if that makes sense. No, it makes perfect sense. When JaVale McGee was in the dunk contest, that yeah. was so creative. Yeah. Like, he was like juggling balls in midair and dunking <laughs> them. Like he brought out two hoops and dunked on separate hoops at the same time. And it was like, it was electric. And like, that's when props are fun is when it's like, cause you're there to see like feats of like amazing dunking. Like you just want to see some stuff you've never like, like, Whoa, that was awesome. Yeah. Like, I can't believe a human being can do that. Right. Like I would say in the modern day dunk contests, the ones that stick out are like, obviously Blake Griffin jumping over the car Gerald Green blowing out the cupcake candle, like even something as simple as Dwight Howard putting on like his Superman cape. 
And I think too, like one of the, one of my problems with it is that there's just like the, the rounds were so short. This Very year. short. Yeah. It was like, well, cause like, it's during halftime. Yeah. yeah, for sure. And I get why they had to do it, but like, there was no build, you right. know, there was no build yeah. up to anything. Like, cause it was just like, oh, okay. Anthony Simons wins, hold up the trophy and let's get on with the second half. Like, yeah. oh, okay. Electric yeah. guys. But like, <laughs> I will say one of the things that that I disappointed me, and like I I know I'm like the I'm the resident Cassius Stanley Stan, but like his first dunk, it wasn't like that impressive. But what he has, he's kind of got that Zach Levine like floating thing that is so much fun to watch. And I yeah. think guys like that should be rewarded for their dunking because like there's just something bouncy about guys like him, guys like Levine, where they just kind of float up there. And I don't know. Like, I just think there's like, I, I would have given that dunk a 10. That's yeah. a dunk that not a lot of guys in the NBA can do. Like very, very few. Zach Levine's one of them. Like he's so much fun to watch, but you're right. You tweeted it. If he gets to come back next year because he was essentially robbed of his first dunk, like I'm, I'm fine with that. That's a, that is one flaw with the dunk contest is guys who can basically like float are really, really bouncy. They can jump out of the gym but they're maybe not as creative as something else as somebody else. Like they never get rewarded. Like Cassius Stanley's dunk was probably one of the best dunks last night. Yet I thought it, so. Yeah. Yet it didn't get a great score. So that was, that's a he problem. He should have yeah. added something to it. Like some, he should have put a cape on that. and then it would have been a 50. Literally. <laughs> yeah. Honestly. He could have just done anything like also yeah. float for that long. Like, hit the backboard you know what I mean like you could do something else to add to it like that shows oh I've been floating for this long that I can add some flair this yeah Simon's winning dunk when you showed it in slow motion the reason it won is because he sort of made it look like he was going to kiss the rim like there was (laughs) a little bit of like there was this little bit of something and I will that that's fair Nicole the economy is made up of real people doing real stuff and it affects everything which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy. From big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed, Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcasts. A couple other things. Uh, like, Are we all in agreement that the skills challenge should probably just like get the boot? Like, let's make it hard. You know what I mean? We like, got to tweak it a little bit. Make it, make them do a behind the back pass. Like, make it something. Even that, even just like change the pass to a behind the back pass or something like, just like a tiny bit of flare tweaking in there would be nice. Make them hit a half court shot. Make them shoot one over their head. You know what I mean? Just like do something weird. Like, what was the half? Well, you saw how fun it was when Tatum was forced exactly. to hit a half court shot. Like, that's fun. What was the old one where they used to have to hit a half court shot? What, they would bring like a. Now. Yeah, there you go. They'd bring in like a legend, a WNBA player and an NBA player. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I liked that one. I liked I liked the half court shot. I, I don't know. I mean, I just think like it's not a bad contest and, and it is kind of goofy and, and it's fun that the centers just keep winning. Like that's yeah. fun. But like I, I would like to see it be a little bit these guys they're they're throwing like a chest pass and like hitting a three pointer. And it's like, yeah, of course these guys can do that. Like I, I yeah, want the number of times that them not getting the chest pass on the first pass has like derailed their entire agree like, they don't always hit it i'm not saying it's like an easy thing i'm just saying it's not entertaining just yeah. give me some entertainment like throw it out like literally like have them they have to shoot like marcus smart's like over the head three-pointer from the corner or something like just like something that's gonna hold them up for a bit and like so let let some tension build because right now the only tension is like oh are they gonna make the pass okay they made the pass 
who are they going to hit the three? <laughs> okay, the guy who was in the late lead hit the three. This is boring. Like, I would like to see a little something extra there. All right. Um, did you guys have anything else on the actual weekend? I had a couple other notes just kind of from, like, the league at large and uh, that kind of thing. Tatum in the three-point contest I thought was pretty good. Obviously, like, Steph Curry was going to win, I'm pretty sure. Like, anybody could have seen that coming. Props to Mike Conley for making it a little bit interesting. But it did remind me of, like, I remember at Sloan a year ago, Mike Zarin was talking about how what solidified like Tatum as their number one, like they felt comfortable trading down and picking him with the three pick was he flew out to California and just made like 253s in a row, just like in a gym. And so that has to be just such a fun, I don't know, experience. Like there's something very satisfying about watching just like a player drill threes over and over and over again, like swishing them. Like it's just, it's a very satisfying experience watching the three point contest in my opinion. I love the three-point contest. I think it's really, really good. You know, there's this like event that everybody builds up to and it's always the dunk contest. So the dunk contest is like superhuman feats of leaping ability, but there's just something kind of mesmerizing when a guy gets on a roll and it's just like thunk, thunk, thunk. And it's like, I I appreciate it too. It is hilarious that like Steph was, like Steph Curry cannot be allowed in that. It's, it's. Yeah, that's that's cheating. (laughs) He's too good. Like you can't let him do this. Watching him in the game last night was fun too. He was pretty unconscious for a while there. That was a lot of fun. Definitely. I did not realize, though, that he's been in it seven times and only won twice. Yeah, that is that is weird. Yeah. It does feel like he just feels so automatic. All right, so a couple of, uh, a couple of kind of league-wide things. I thought the NBA, really tough day uh, yesterday. Obviously, we talked a little bit about Embiid and Simmons. Thank God they caught that. Probably weren't the optics they were looking for uh, going into this event. I just thought it was total bullshit that Adam Silver in his press conference was like, it's not fair to judge it before it happens. It's only fair to wait until after the event happens or whatever his quote was. And it's just like, that's not how you make decisions, especially as like a multi-billion dollar like institution. Like, There's a thing called risk analysis for a reason. Yeah. Evaluate this thing. If I were to like get in my car drunk and start driving and I was like, well, wait till I see if I make it home before you say like, if this is a good or bad idea. (laughs) It's just like ridiculous that he thought that that would even pass as like something. I don't know. That just kind of annoyed me. And I feel like that's the biggest thing for transparency is just like, I guess I get why they can't, but like, why can't they just be like, look, like it's a pandemic. This is a moneymaker for us. And we need to try and recruit some of it for like the league's revenue. Obviously we understand the health risks, but we're taking X, Y, Z measures to make it as safe as possible. But like, it's really important for us to try and have this work for like monetary reasons. Like if they just said that up front, I I get it. Just tell us instead of just being like, you know, like it's good for the players and like charity. It's a business. Everyone understands it's a business. Like don't, and also sometimes to a point when I hear some of these, you know, like league press conferences and like silver talking to the media, it almost, I know this isn't what he's intending to do because we've heard so many of his press conferences at this point, but from a fan's perspective, I could see a fan sitting here and be like, all right, you're clearly trying to just like push this over our head Like, I'm not dumb. Like, I understand this is a business. Like, I'm not an idiot here. So then it kind of can create like a poor dynamic with the fans too, which I think could become a concern at some point. Well, I mean, so I asked Tatum about it. I was just like, all right, so like Embiid and Simmons are out. What, like, do you basically, like, do you guys think you should be playing? Like, what are your thoughts on it? 
And Tatum was like, you know, I did see that. I think that's kind of where, where we're at in terms of precautions. We, we do know there's some things that you can't control. They try to keep us as safe as possible. And I think for the most part, they do a great job. You know, I hope those guys are okay. I know how it affects you. And I was just like, you know what? If this is what Tatum thinks, like Tatum's had it. Tatum has has experienced like lasting symptoms that have thrown off like a good portion of his season. Like, like if this is how the players feel about it, then like, I mean, like, who am I to tell them like, you know, no, like you shouldn't be doing X, Y, or Z. You know, like if this is how they feel about it, then fine. To that end though, and, and to Nicole's point, the reason I feel that way is because Tatum came out and said, there's risks. We get it. They're trying to keep us safe. And like, you know, like this is going to happen with some people. And like, that's, that's a much more honest answer than right. we're doing this for charity. We're doing this for the good of whatever. It's like, no, like it's, it's a business. We're trying to make money. We're trying to recoup some of the losses that some of the immense losses that we've had this year. If silver came out and said that there'd be a lot of people who wouldn't like it, but I think most people would kind of be like, all right, it is what it is. Obviously in an ideal world, they still don't do it, but it's like, yeah. I would understand it more, I guess. And like, I might still roll my eyes, but I wouldn't be as quick to like criticize them. I don't see what harm it would be if you just said like, we've lost X amount of money or this event makes us generally X amount of money. Like it is a business at the end of the day. And I think at the very least how all of this has transpired, it's sort of exposed that the NBA is a business. And I think that for a while people have been patting the NBA on the back for being like a different league and a player's league. And like, that's all true. Like players are able to express themselves and like they embrace players as individuals more than just players as players. But at the end of the day, they still have a lot of the same problems as the NFL, MLB, and like the other institutions because they are a business. Well, I mean, Nicole, we talked about this like right away in the pandemic is how like everybody was like the NBA is like the league that took COVID seriously. It's like, no, the NBA is the one that had like somebody get sick. And then that was yeah. just kind of, if it had been like, if any other league had had to shut down, everybody else would have followed. Like, like the NBA wasn't progressive in how they've dealt with things. It just is a business that like had to shut down because one of its people got COVID. So their hand was forced into being progressive. I didn't think it was a great sign that in the middle of all this stuff happening yesterday, you had Woj tweeting, you know, when the players ultimately take the opportunity to get the back to get the vaccine, you know, you can avoid these contact tracing things and whatever to help like, all right, it's probably not a great sign that he's already carrying the league's water at this point. Like that's a little concerning in my mind. Yeah, that they couldn't get their players to do it. But yeah. they, they had to have yeah, Woj. Yeah. Right. That it's might great. be an issue. Yeah. And then, I mean, you know, to have like Jared Dudley tweeting out stuff that's just like objectively not true, like the FDA hasn't approved it. It's like, I mean, like, this come, on, is, come on, man. <laughs> this is not going to go well. No. Just don't oh. put a mic in front of Michael Porter Jr., whatever you do. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Terrence Davis, I think, is the other guy. Like, didn't, yeah, know. didn't he like come into the bubble at one point with like a hole in his mask on purpose? Yeah. Or, yeah. Yeah. Let's not put a mic in front of him either. Uh, all right. So the only other thing I had was. The continued love affair between, uh, I mean, we, we know that like Jason Tatum and Bradley Beal have been friends for a long time. The amount of times that those two guys have said over the last like couple of weeks, how excited they are to share a court. We've never been on the same team before. We're so excited to play on the same team. Are you guys listening? We want to play on the same team. <laughs> like, it feels a little blatant. I misheard Tatum's press conference last night. I think it was Gary Washburn asked him about starting and and like how it was starting the all-star game and then starting alongside Bradley Beal. I don't know if like my zoom call was buffering or whatever. So when Tatum was answering about 
starting in the all-star game he was like i would love that to like continue i would love it down the road i thought yeah i thought he was talking about bradley beal i was like oh my god this is gold like this is awesome yeah yeah, i was like oh wait a minute that's not what he was saying no but he phrased it exactly like that no i were you are not crazy for that one because like (laughs) because like the wash asked like two questions like the first one was like you know play with bradley beal and second like you know starting or whatever and tatum started with like yeah you know i would like that to continue and i think all of us kind of went like you would like what (laughs) which one to continue expand on that jason (laughs) you know starting in the all-star game but like it, it feels a little bit like those two would like to uh, would like to team up at some point. I'm guessing there is probably a team that would like to uh, to facilitate that. So we will see. And there are even photos. I don't know if you guys saw Deuce with Bradley Beal's son, who's also named Deuce. Well, not <laughs> Deuce, but like they're yeah. both juniors. And Bradley calls his Deuce. So I wonder where Tatum got that from. <laughs> yeah, it's all they. Yeah, they're not hiding it. <laughs> no, they really were. They're as out in the open as uh, Jalen Brown and Donovan Mitchell, who are mm-hmm. just the best of pals, and uh, it's, it's always very funny to watch. I do wonder if it was a full weekend, because you know they'd be hanging out all the time, and maybe they'd discuss this regardless. But like, I could totally see them being like, "Hey, that was a lot of fun. Like, you know, <laughs> try and do this in the actual NBA." The, the problem for the Celtics would be if it was in like a warm weather city, like if there was like a Phoenix uh, all-star game and they met up and they were like, yo, it is fun to go. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> like, we could do this on an off day in January together if we lived out here instead of like freezing in our houses in chilly ass Boston. Do you think Jason Tatum and Bradley Beal will be on the same team in two years? I'll say, yeah. Yeah, I think, I think they might be. I think if it's not in two, it's going to be in like five. It's inevitable. (laughs) It's either at the end of Tatum's contract or at the end of Bradley's. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I mean, look, I I think too, like one of the reasons that we thought the Celtics should consider trading for Harden is because then the Nets couldn't have him. And now the Nets have him. And it's like, oh, that team's terrifying. Like they're Mm -hmm. really, really good. And I wonder to an extent if the Celtics, especially if the Nets do really well, especially if the Nets like go to the finals, if they win the championship, whatever. I wonder if the Celtics will look at Bradley Beal and be like, okay, we can't let him go to Philly. Like we can't let Philly be like offering Ben Simmons. And then all of a sudden, you know, we have to deal with Bradley Beal and Joel Embiid and KD, you know, Kyrie and James Harden. Like, um, so I (laughs) It would be tough. Uh, so I, I do wonder if there's going to be a little bit of that when, uh, if and when Bradley Beal trade rumors uh, really start to pick up in earnest. There's going to be a lot of, I would say, Jason Tatum being like, hey, my guy. Like, yeah. <laughs> I think that's the first time. Like, we haven't really seen, he. I mean, he is only not 19. 19. <laughs> <laughs> he is only in his third season right now. So like, he hasn't really had maybe the power or the status yet to do so, but like we haven't really seen Jason exert his like position on the team yet in terms right. of personnel moves. And I feel like this is precisely the one that will get him to be like, Danny, please. It kind of feels that way. Yeah. Speaking of uh, 19 year olds, Deuce is a giant. <laughs> Deuce is a big kid. Like, he's really tall. <laughs> That kid is going to be a tall, tall kid. My favorite thing about Deuce is that they like exclusively dress him in Nike sweatsuits. (laughs) Sweatsuits, like in the photo with Bradley Beal's kids who are roughly the same age. I think Deuce is between the two of them. 
they're wearing like Balenciaga sweatshirts and like gray jeans and Deuce is just in like a Nike little sweatsuit and it, I love it. It's just such a good move. It's very good. Think about the marketing, like not to go like full weird here, but like think about like <laughs> how many people see Deuce in his little like Jordan sneakers and his little Jordan like tracksuits and are like, my kid is going to be wearing that. Like, oh, it's me. Like, I'll do it. Like, <laughs> like I'll 100% be ordering like, you know, little tracksuits and stuff. So it's very cute. Uh, I, I enjoy Deuce quite a bit. Um, all right, guys, anything else from, uh, from All-Star Weekend that we want to go over here? Well, Blake Griffin is going to the Nets too, apparently. He that is. Over the weekend. It was hilarious that people were like, oh, now it's over for the league. And it was like, no. No, yeah. <laughs> it was when Harden went there. Yeah. <laughs> like, that yeah. Was it's, the it's been over for a while. I'm curious to see what version of Blake Griffin we get. Like, I think he has a decent amount left in the tank, and I think he was just kind of coasting in Detroit. I don't know if that was like one of his ways to get out of there. I'm not saying anything like that, but I just think, yeah, his body's dealt with a lot of injuries and he has trouble staying healthy. So he's certainly not the player he once was, but I do think there's more to his game than what he was showing in Detroit. So I do think it'll be like a good small ball lineup addition for Brooklyn. I think it's a, especially at the price they got him. Like, I think it makes a lot of sense. I think there were a couple of Brooklyn fans that I saw kind of like bemoaning the fact that Claxton won't be um, getting quite as yeah. many points now, which like, I'm glad, I'm glad for Claxton. I liked him in college. I'm glad that he's like found a place. But yeah, like Blake Griffin is probably an upgrade at your uh, yeah. backup center. The, the minute allotment will be interesting to see how they work Blake in as well. For sure. Is it true he hasn't dunked in a game since like 2019? I saw that. I keep seeing that stat on Twitter. I would believe it. With his injuries and the style of play now, it kind of makes sense. I think that the Celtics were rumored. Either Mark Stein or Shams reported this when the Pitsons first bought him out. Are you surprised that the Celtics didn't like actually make a push? Not really. They just but, don't have the leverage because he's going to want to take a pay cut to go try and get a ring. And the Celtics obviously aren't in the same ballpark as some of these other teams. That was why I was a little surprised when Golden State was floating around early. Because like, I don't think they're winning a ring this year. It is getting kind of ridiculous, though, how many players the Celtics do get linked to. Like, the jokes are equally annoying. I don't blame them for making the jokes at this point because they are always included whenever, yeah. like, a big name comes about. Or smaller names. I swear sometimes people just, like, link them. Because, yeah. like, sometimes it's guys where I'm like, I don't believe you that Danny reached out to this guy. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, like, because the other thing that, that happens, too, is that a lot of kind of, like, casual Celtics observers still think that what they need is a big man. No, a, dude, they need a ton of Celtics fans do even non-casual ones. It's ridiculous. Well, I would argue that that's a, a pretty clear indication that you are a casual as if you, that's uh, fair. Very fair. But yeah, like the Celtics, the big man is not the thing guys like no. So anyway, all right, guys, well, we will leave it there. Thank you all for listening. Feel free to uh, DM any of us with questions, comments, and concerns, and we will talk to you all later. If you have loved ones that rely on your income, you need life insurance. But finding the best quote shouldn't take a lifetime. With Policy Genius, you could save 50% or more by comparing quotes from America's top insurers. First, head to policygenius.com. In minutes, Policy Genius will compare prices starting at as little as $1 a day. You might even be eligible to fast track your coverage with a no exam policy. Once you apply, the Policy Genius team handles all the paperwork and red tape. If you have any questions, their team of licensed independent experts is on hand to help. In fact, Policy Genius's award winning service has a five star rating across thousands of reviews on Trustpilot and Google. Make today the day you cross life insurance off your list 
and get protection for your loved ones. You could save 50% or more by comparing quotes. To get covered, head to policygenius.com today.